to Art Pros Podcast. What is up, everybody? What is going on? You're listening good. to the Art Pros Podcast. I am Renz B. And I'm Gage B. And we are the smoothest podcast coming to you live from Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland today. We're serious. We're getting serious. We got, we got a big deal topic today, people. It's, um... It's important. It affects all of us. It has to do with the museum industry, something that, you know, you may hear and you may think, wow, that's pretty boring. But I'll tell you what, it has to do with your taxes. It has to do with, with what your community can do for you. Renz, what, what does it have to do with? It has to do with 10 simple tips to help you save money on your water bill. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's not what it's about. This is about, this is about the future of um museums this is about uh the future of of uh coming up with new ways to uh i don't know pay your staff this is about this may or may not be about adaptation uh and and adjusting to difficult times this may be about a irreplaceable works to fund diversity initiatives i am of course talking about the deaccession of Baltimore Museum of Arts paintings. What does that mean? What am I talking about? What the so, hell am I talking about? In a city like Baltimore's, you know, we're on the national stage. We got a lot of museums out here. Baltimore Museum of Art is one of the popular uh, modern and postmodern places to house art. And they're doing this little thing called deaccessioning some artworks. And usually that's when you take an art piece that is in this collection, you know, you, you kick it out of your roster, you take it off your team, you, you know, you, you, you fucking pull a Mike Vick on it. It's doing something you don't want it to do. So you get rid of it. But the BMA, they're deaccessioning this artwork by selling it. They hit up Sotheby's real quick. You're like, yo, we got um, we got a Warhol. We got a Bryce Martin. We got a Clifford Still. And if you're listening now and you're not sure who at least one of those words are, those three names, those three paintings by those three people are estimated to go for $65 million through Sotheby's. So I recommend, you know, taking a look at who they are they're, they're fairly famous for their works but that's what's happening that's what's happening they're getting rid of three very famous very well known in the fine art world uh pieces of work so they can make money why are they doing that why do they need 65 million don't they have enough money 65 mil that's a lot of skrilla you know they're saying they're saying that they needed this for their endowment for the future project something that the la times has given a withering indictment of something that they're calling a cash grab uh basically the bma is selling these works 
to fund their plans for growth to help support their mission. And, you know, $65 million can go a long way in the nonprofit industry. I mean, they, they cost, I don't know, $20 million a year to run their operations over at the BMA. $65 million, that, that helps a little bit. You know, they're going to take a little bit of uh, a little bit of that cash. And according to this endowment for the future program, they're going to use it to buy new artworks uh, by mainly by women of color. And they're going to use it to guarantee salaries by putting some of that money into an endowment fund that will then generate money off the principal. Think of it as like a super savings fund. So they're going to put 54.5 million of that 65 million into an endowment fund. And then that's going to generate $2.5 million of interest that they're then going to use to pay the salaries of their employees. So Gage, are you telling me that the BMA is selling three of their pieces from their permanent collection to start a savings account? Now, yeah, well, to make more robust their savings account. To make more robust their savings account. Now, that's that. That's what you call uh, uh, their endowment. Um, now, the argument, it, it sounds fine, doesn't it? It sounds fine when we say that. It sounds fine when we say that, oh, they're just selling $56 million. Shit, dude. I wish uh, we could deaccession some of our artworks for that much money. I know, right? And get on the news about it and get people all mad. So there's two arguments yeah. here. <laughs> One argument. Um, we got a quote, actually, that I found from um, a Baltimore Sun article. Um, and it's from Amy Sherald. And Amy says, um, 30 years from now, this is a quote. The BMA, If the BMA sells uh, one of Amy Sherrod's paintings to uh, raise money for diversity initiatives, she says, I would absolutely be fine with that. Quote, there are a lot of different ways to serve the public, Sherrod said, and they all take money. Change isn't comfortable. It's going to take people time to wrap their heads around this but it's absolutely necessary and it's pushing the museum in the right direction. Okay. Okay. It's pretty good. So she feels pretty good about it. You said you read an LA, LA times article where they're, they're, they're mad. Yeah. They give a withering indictment. I, I heard that word once on the news and now I'm just going to keep saying those two words next to each other. Every chance I get withering indictment, the LA times, claims that this is just a cover cash grab by the BMA to do something that is not considered ethical amongst the art museum alliance across the country. Uh, and, and their argument is basically that the job of the art museum or of any museum really, first and foremost, is the custodianship of the artwork. And, and keep in mind that works like museums like the BMA make their money uh, from public funding, from donations, uh, often endowment, and they get all of this art for free. And that's what makes them a nonprofit is that the expectation of a museum when they receive this art is that they're going to make it available for public viewing, right? That's it my is not. Yeah. <laughs> um, that yeah, that's our art. That's that's art that's for us. It's donated by rich people to these museums to make it available for us to have an enriched culture that we're aware of. 
And the argument that the LA Times makes is that it is not ethical to deaccession, get rid of the access to these important art pieces to line the pockets of the BMA. And the reason it's not ethical is because they received these things as a donation and they're moving they're moving these artworks from the tax exempt status of not being an asset to being an asset. So it has a value, a, a currency value that should be taxed by the IRS. Um, because that this art was given to us. This art was given to the people. The museum is just there to take care of it. But now they're they're taking this art that was given to the people and selling it for their own mission. And that's the that's the argument that the LA Times makes. And they also insinuate that even if, you know, the BMA's mission, uh like trying to push this mission of equity and 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 change in the museum is funded by this, it also sets the precedent for other museums to deaccession public works. Uh, for income, for capital gains, right? Because basically all these art directors in 2019 got together and they said, it's not ethical to sell artworks for any reason other than acquiring new artworks or for the custodianship of art direct care, which does not include salaries, right? Because otherwise every museum, every curator in the country is going to be like, oh yeah, let's start a program uh, to increase my salary and we'll do it by selling art that was donated to us to show to the people. And, and that's that's the other side of the argument is that it sets a bad precedent um, for museums to take donations, publicly given shit, things that are for us, and sell it for gain for the institution itself. Hmm... Sounds like the BMA is caught between Surat and a hard place. A Surat is a uh, impressionist, pointless painter. For those of you who have no idea why I just said that, <laughs> and... yeah, most people won't know what the fuck we're talking about. But they're stealing this art from you if you believe the LA Times. They're stealing this art from you. Now, keep in mind that these artworks are by. Um, older white gentlemen which are are they're not you know older white guys not in vogue in the art world right now maybe they don't follow the the bma's mission of equity and inclusion but that's our motherfucking art you know that's our andy 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 warhol is queer though oh oh, okay uh so that's kind of that that's kind of a funny thing because what they're doing is starting an endowment for more diversity uh, programming and more diversity initiatives when they received that painting in the 80s because they wanted to bolster their diversity initiatives. <laughs> well, that's because the goalposts are always moving. It's also crazy that that they're, the public-facing thing of this is that they're they're selling this work to acquire new work from from people that better represent their ideals um but they're only dedicating 10 million dollars of that to to that mission right 10 million or the 65 million also another thing that the la times points out is that the andy warhol is not getting sold at a public auction there's a a private 
sale already lined up for $40 million to sell this Andy Warhol, which is basically just two giant Michelangelo paintings right next to each other, um, screen printed, just just so that you guys have an idea of what we're talking it's, about. It's, it's like 40 just feet like long. This like yellow color that I don't particularly like, but it's just so, so yellow. Yeah, I think he peed on it or something. That's the Andy Warhol ass thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So you're buying, you're really buying his pee. Um, I don't know, Gage. It sounds like to me now, correct me if I'm off base. Sounds like to me that nobody really wants to fully trust this huge museum. I don't like, I don't personally believe that myself. Because the truth remains to be seen. But that's what I'm, you know, that's the whiff I'm getting right now. And I wonder why. Why don't you, why don't yeah, these I don't people know, trust dude. the BMA, man? It's, it's just so weird that this old institution that has up until now uh, not been super diverse or equitable in its practices all of a sudden finds out that it's invoked to do that. And then uses that as a smokescreen along with uh, COVID financial struggles, which they aren't actually having because they have a giant fucking endowment. Um, they might be using it as a smokescreen, you know, to someone who's uneducated in this to hide a cash grab to increase the salaries of their of their principals. You know, it, it just might might be that way. I mean, they're saying that they're going to use this to increase everyone's salaries, um, but they haven't done that yet. Also, hey man, I don't. I, I want some of that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, it'd be sick. Why doesn't every museum just sell all of their art and then give that money to its employees? That's that's gonna be what museums are in the future. Is just you walk in, someone gives you five bucks. I, <laughs> I mean, that's just a gallery at that point, right? Like a gallery where you just go buy water painting, like watercolor paintings of the beach is museums. Um. I, so it's. It seems like like these the the two conflicting viewpoints of the BMA is using this to enact its mission of of social justice versus the BMA is selling public works to do with that money as they please as they decide. Um, it seems like the point of contention is what the role of the museum is supposed to be in society, right? Mm, seems to be, yeah. Um, which is a tough fucking question, man. That's a tough question. Like, am I supposed to just go to these museums and see art that I like or art that I don't like? Or am I supposed to just like take take dates there? Or are they supposed to, you know, start to garner more and more resources to uh to then enact their will on on the population after using public funding and works that were donated to them for the public viewing uh to to get those resources after having a long track record of maybe not being so great in in the local communities that they're supposed to service it is it is something that i have not yet fully wrapped my head around here because for one i think that there is some merit to mixing things up to doing something against the grain and kind of rock like like a rock star because you're punk <laughs> and let me ask you this though so i wonder who is it 
in the LA Times that's writing this. Who is this article from the LA Times for? Just to play devil's advocate, um, would you say that that is an unwritten rule, Gage, or is it a written rule to de-accession uh, uh, museum art? Oh, there's a really specific... Yeah, no, it's... I mean, there's like a, a full guideline sheet, and the guideline is that you are only supposed to deaccession art if you're a public museum and not a private art gallery. You're only supposed to deaccession art to buy new art that fits your mission um, or to take care of other works in your collection. That's it. But the thing is that the the meaning of direct care, which is what they use, is ill-defined and up to the institution. So what the BMA is doing here is saying that direct care includes, you know, the salary of all the people in the museum, but typically operating expenses should not be operating expenses aren't considered part of the custodianship of the art technically i mean you know if you if you were someone who is in a development department at a museum that's not like when it comes to the irs when it comes to defining what a nonprofit is you know places that don't pay taxes and i will say that paying taxes on 65 million dollars of art would be pretty fucking cool considering taxes pay for our schools and our roads and our health care. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Now I'm just mad that they're not going to pay any fucking taxes <laughs> on this sale. Even though they were given this stuff for free. They're just getting a free free $65 million uh, for no reason? We don't oh. know. We don't know what they're going to do, though. What yeah, if we they don't know. What if they completely blow everybody's minds? You know what I mean? With, what if with how much good they do? Yeah, what if they end up doing really, really good? What if? I'm, I don't know. I don't know what their track record awesome. exactly is. Well, that's the thing. I that's mean... that's like the the <laughs> the, the zone. Um, people that the 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 public is is finding themselves in right now with this. Yeah, uh, I mean, this L.A. Times article could have been written by like two art collectors in a trench coat. You know, that's what like, I'm saying. Like, like, who do you want? <laughs> whose side do you want to pick? One museum or all the other museums who are mad at this? Who's right? I mean, who's I'm inclined, wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like, the optimist in me wants to believe that the BMA is is making a good call here. In they're selling, they're only selling three works out of their collection, and they're going to use it to ensure that they can pay their employees and give raises to their employees for the foreseeable future. That's what they claim, but. And, you know, use $10 million to pay for new art by by people from Baltimore who aren't what they normally collect. And, you know, they claim that they're going to set aside $590,000 per year to give free admission um, to everybody, which is awesome. All of that is, is fucking awesome, right? All of that is great. But are they not getting a leg up? in that they were given this art for free because they were the leading art museum amongst, you know, like privileged patrons. And then now they're going to sell that and get a, an edge of $65 million over other museums in the area, like the Reginald F. Lewis, or maybe like the great blacks and wax museum, you know, now they can buy up all the cool black art when they weren't really down with the cause, like, you know, 10 years ago with their $10 million. And then it's going to appreciate in value and be worth more because they bought it. And then what are they going to do? Deaccession that in like 20 years for $100 million? 
Who knows? We don't know, dude. What if they're both wrong? What if they're both wrong? What if neither of them were just like, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's a really good chance of that too. But, you know, we got to get people's minds thinking. We got to have the interns be hypercritical of everything all the time, especially when it has to do with things that are supposed to be for the public. And that's what I'm focusing on in this uh, topic. Um, I, I, I feel kind of funny about selling uh, publicly donated works that are supposed to be free to see. I don't, I don't know about that. However, I also am the type of person to like progressive things. So I don't know. I'm like, you know. You know how how you you're trying to cross the street and you look both sides of the road a little too much and it feels weird. Yeah, you ever have that happen to you? you just, yeah, and then you just never cross the street and you go back home. Yeah, and yeah, home sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's that's where I'm at, man. I don't know. Well, it's I tough because th- like the 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 precedent that it really sets is that um, the museum is an agent of change and not not a bank for public artwork right like that's that's where we're coming to a head and the you know the public had no choice in that decision in terms of the bma here like do we want them to be the arbiters of of equitable change in the art world i don't know yeah me neither man but i do know that yes they should not be the only museum with the you know with a dis with an advantage like you said earlier in acquiring uh specifically art from the black community they do have an advantage at that you're right and that yeah they want to be the ones they want to be the the museum the ma I mean, there's another museum local to the VMA, the Walters, and they easily have billions of dollars worth of stuff in their collection because they they also do history shit like that. You know, they got old like knight outfits and gun swords and, <laughs> and cool cool shit like shit that you would buy at the mall for like twenty bucks Bro. from like a guy with with gauges that are too big. Bro, I heard they have katanas there, bro. Dude, they got they got mad katanas over there. But if they were to start selling their shit, like the Walters is known to have a history of of bad practices for their employees. Like we're going to give them an opening to sell their art so they can bolster their salaries while still fucking over their like lowest paid employees. Or they, you know, they could sell their art and start paying their employees properly. But really, that should just be built into the fucking organizational budget. Yep. 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 I mean, like, why can't someone donate me an Andy Warhol piece and then I can sell it for maximum gain untaxed, you know? Can you imagine that? What if someone did and then next thing you know, like, people are trying to visit your house to see it? Like, it's in, it's like hanging in your bathroom, like a, like a soup, yeah. one of the soup paintings. You get knocked you on your door. You just you're going to take care of it. I'm gonna take care of it. Don't tax me on this, even like, though it's hey, not uh, is this uh, the the house the where I can publicly see uh, Andy Warhol's soup can, or what if it's the video of him eating a sandwich? 
or whatever he was doing, and you just have to leave your TV on. That's the condition. Like, yeah, we'll give this I mean, five million dollar original VHS to you, Mister Branda, but um, but you gotta you gotta have a TV that is on from uh, you know nine to five, and your whatever room in your house has to be publicly accessible. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. A big um the the thing that's weird to me is like, man, they're really trying to push this diversity and inclusion movement from the BMA, but they're really only putting ten million dollars of this sixty-five million dollars into that. And the the equity and inclusion is not like making new jobs. It's like they're gonna buy art from Baltimore people that's gonna appreciate in value. And they already said it's okay to sell it. If they but own dude, it. but dude, here's the thing. They can't sell it unless they say that. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Damn, you're so right. I mean, I think I think if if they're going to do good, we should let them sell whatever. But if if they're going to profit off of donations, then we should fucking tax them. We should tax them. That's a lot of money to make because some old rich person died and then gave them art. Like they just get that money for free for for themselves when it was originally given to the public like that, you know, we should tax them. Our schools need fucking funding. Our roads need potholes filled. But they're going to sell it so that they can increase the salary of 49 people. Let's tax them, man. You and me. Shit. Yeah, I'll get together the <laughs> militia right now, bro. We'll pull you. up. Yeah. They violated the non-aggression pact. We're going to pull up uh, not strapped, but with a I'm... strongly worded essay that we want them to give some money to schools. Oh, yeah. Some I'm money com- to roads. That's what we that's what we are coming strapped with. Strongly worded letters, iPads, reading glasses. Uh, Terrible cur- drawings. Kerchiefs, <laughs> kerchiefs in our lapel pocket. Serious stuff. Shiny yeah, shoes. Much. Shoes that you don't want to scuff that aren't Jordans. Yeah, we're going to come buttoned up saying, hey, listen, it's really great that the Cone sisters, who had one of the largest contemporary art collections ever, you know, gave you some art. And it's really cool that you're selling it to do all this good stuff. But maybe maybe let the people take a cut since that's what they gave it to you for was to let the people be able to see it. Let the people take a cut. You know what? I want I want direct I want them to directly pay me. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. Like maybe that's the future. If this if if the BMA has their way, maybe maybe that is gonna be the new thing. Um you just walk into museum and get paid. Like some sort of uh you know, it's not it's not charity at that point. It's just it's just uh the role of art in the future. Someone, someone rich sells it, and then the museum is actually empty, and you just walk in, and someone hands you five dollars, and you leave. Well, that's a museum I can definitely get behind. The the museum of free money. So, well, no, it's not if, free. There's a lot of if uh, they got <laughs> emotional turmoil in those. Yeah, a lot of la- a lot of emotional labor that people have to go through to hand you that five bucks. Um, so. 65 million from selling these three art pieces, right? 
if you were to give each person an equal share of that of the population in Baltimore, six, roughly 600,000, each person will be able to get about $105 per head. Now, what's a better Damn. investment? You know, what's a better investment? $105 per person. That seems pretty fucking cool to me. I mean, you got a family of you got a family of of 30. You know, it's a decent chunk of change, like three grand. That's that's life changing money for some people. That's three bucks for each family member. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Oh, if we were to do it by families, you'd probably be getting like six hundred bucks per 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 household. Pretty good, pretty good. That's I mean, that's an alternative option that you know the museum never floated by me, never floated by the people. I mean, I just think if you're gonna sell artwork that was donated to the people and your job was just to take care you know like what if what if uh what if like uh babe ruth gives gives this museum a baseball and he's like i want the people to see this baseball man i want the people to see this baseball that i knocked out of the park i'm a ba- i'm a baltimore mainstay i'm from baltimore i knocked this baseball out of the park i need the people to see that because they're from baltimore they could do this too and you're like, yeah, man, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. Don't worry. And you turn around and sell that shit so that you can expand your house. Like, what the fuck? How are the people supposed to see the baseball and know that they can knock it out of the park just like Babe Ruth? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I I am thinking. Like, you, hold on, I got a thought because can <laughs> how, let's say someone does a performance in a museum and it's really great. Can you like? buy the rights to re-perform that if let's say a hundred years down the line you're like you want to have a show about that awesome performance that happened one time um can you like buy that or like buy the rights to do it because i'm saying this because what if a museum says yeah we're gonna buy this performance art and get the rights of this performer who gives you five dollars when you walk into the museum you know what I'm saying here? So really, you are buying art by selling your more expensive art. Does that make sense? You lost me, but it's provocative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, can you own a performance art? And uh, yeah, I mean, you can own anything. So if you got if, enough money. If someone says, if, if I was a museum director and I said, I just bought a performance art where the performer gives people $5 when they walk in the door, then I can sell as much art as I want if I say it's for that performance art piece. Oh, shit. I get what what you're saying. The loophole. If the performance work is to give people $5, that's by deaccessioning your artwork, you can pay to buy that performance work and exhibit it or as to, long as you want or to uh what was the other uh, cl- uh clause to uh to preserve that work to right? preserve that work you and need giving money to five dollars you, you that giving five dollars you have to have a sustainable model or else you'll run out of, of money oh my god dude I, <laughs> I think you just figured it out i think That's you just figured saying. out the secret this is, look you know this this free money when you walk in a museum thing has has been burning uh, uh in my mind since it got brought up a moment ago and i'm just thinking here i'm putting in my museum director hat on trying to change the world hat 
That's what I do. Oh my I, god. <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone who listens becomes a museum director and does I pulls a long con. It. That's and it, makes dude. This the thing. That's my answer, Gage. That's what I'm gonna do with my ten million dollar art project. And <laughs> start a museum so you can do something like that. No, no, I'm gonna give everybody five dollars until that money runs out, and then I'm gonna, you know, market that to say keep funding me so I always have ten million dollars. Oh, to give to Martin Shkreli. No, I mean, not the Martin. To, to yeah, like keep giving me, keep giving me GoFundMe donations. So I'd never fall below zero or fall fall to zero. But, you know, let's try to keep it around 10 million because I'm going to be trying to hop on to tons of museums. You know, you walk in, I'll give you five bucks, dude. I'm not going to talk to anybody. And you see, I mean, there's like people who so, who sell art to museums um, that are instructions, like the art piece is the instruction to how to make a mural. So you could sell them the instructions on how to give $5 and deaccession all their artwork to fund that giving $5 to each patron sort of setup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. pretty smart. Yeah. And of course, you're going to have to cap, you're going to have to cap people in a fair way. You know, you can't keep coming in here. And uh, enough time so that you have ten million dollars, you know what I'm saying? Because that's just not fair. Because then, if everybody, if everybody was allowed to do that, everybody would have ten million dollars, and the math just wouldn't add up. Yeah, and then the art piece becomes mundane. Like a a stapler, if yeah. it's the only stapler in the world, is beautiful. But a stapler that everyone owns is fucking lame. Yeah, that's why you got to get that red one from the one movie. Yeah, the one anyway, movie. That's that's where i'm at that's what i'm thinking about how do i get five bucks yeah i I want i want a museum that will give me and anyone i bring their five dollars that that sounds great well let's let's wrap up our thoughts on this and, and call it an episode bro so what what's your what's your final verdict about this that's it i want five dollars you sold art oh, that shit. i wanted to look at again give me my money <laughs> I want my money back, or or fucking cut, or or fix my city. Yeah, or fix the city. Give me, give me my money back, so I can try to figure out a way to buy that painting back and give it back to the BMA, or fix the city. Fix the city. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, all in all, I'm kind of against like reverence of old dead people art, anyways. Like I think contemporary art is always the most important. Uh, But this is public art for the people. And we don't know actually how this deaccession and these funds are actually going to be used. Um, what if they only buy one one art piece for $10 million and then that's it? And then they call that equity and inclusion. Oh, we spent $10 million on black arts. Like, yeah, but you bought one Kehinde Wiley painting. Like, that doesn't do anything for Baltimore. That doesn't do anything for the people. But we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, this could set a precedent that actually kind of systematically deconstructs what a museum is supposed to do and kind of puts it in the context of actually doing like activist work. Uh, we just have to see. Fix mm. my fucking city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or give me five or, bucks. Or fix, <laughs> or fix museum practice. Yeah, but or, it's, yeah. that's like the ironic thing. Man, what a mess. It, this is like, I feel like I'm talking about a knot right now. A knot, yeah, that we we can't untangle. 
Yeah, like you see how this one goes under, but then it kind of goes over and under here. Um, and what you don't want to do is pull this because it'll tighten that little section. I'm talking about a big-ass knot going yeah. every which way. And if one string pulls one way, well, the other end of it tightens up. That's what this feels but like, I'll, man. But I'll tell you what, BMA, if you uh, if you give Renz and I $10 a month on Patreon, we'll look the other way. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Yeah, you can squeeze off a little uh, crumb from that pie, can't you? Come on, y'all. Yeah, come on, man. Come on. We're artists in the city, too. We're Filipino. We care. We we uh we contribute to the to the art diaspora. We can mm-hmm. we help contribute to the to modern culture, man. Just, you know, give us give us 5 bucks each or $10 between the two of us. We we will divide it fairly between us. Um that's why I man. do know that I'm never going to give, you know, if I ever do somehow come across millions of dollars worth of art, I'm definitely not giving it to the BMA. Hmm. You just find it somewhere. Yeah. In your I, mean, house. I would just, if, if they're just going to sell it to do their own activism rather than just giving that money to communities that need it, then I'll just sell it and give it, give to it to people. the Walters. They're <laughs> not selling. To, yeah, they're not selling shit. They're going to wait until it's completely okay to sell everything and then just cash out and dip. They're not going to sell everything except for what you gave them. <laughs> and then it's going to be the only thing in their museum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, some guy gave that to us, but he said we weren't allowed to sell it. <laughs> so uh, we thought we'd just keep at least one thing up in our building that's really big and yeah. empty. Well... I think I think that's good, dude. I think we we this is a well covered topic. Um, I hope we gave people information that that they that they could think about and then forget in the future. This is what's happening right now, man. Things are moving and shaking. There is an imbalance right now in the traditional or what what we've many of us are used to with the power dynamic of our our whole country really that's why things i think this is my own personal theory that's why things are so messy right now that's why the news is confusing that's why everything is a little stressful and on top of that oh yeah there's a pandemic going on so it's a war there's a there's a there's a battle right now going on out there in, uh, on our screens right uh at our fingertips people are fighting for your attention people are fighting to tell you what they want to tell you Guess what? You still have the power to decide whether or not you think it is right to think that or not. You still have the power to to research your own stuff. It's so hard. It's so hard. You to want me to vote? Eat all this. You hmm? want me to vote for your candidate? You want me to vote for your candidate? Pay me five bucks. That's gonna be my new thing. You want me to do stuff for you? Pay me five dollars. Stop Put trying some to trick money me. Down. Put some money Stop down. Stop trying on to trick me. Place. Yeah, put some Stop money down. To convince on me. It. I'm gonna yeah. start betting are... now, man. Betting on what? On on things. Just five bucks on things. <laughs> Just always five dollars. I mean, you Basically can bet five. on who's gonna win the election right now if you want. Oh, that's right nasty, second, man. This I don't like. I hate betting. It makes me feel weird. Why? I don't Book know. It. I just don't like it. I don't know. I just want to keep my money. Like, I don't think it 
it proves anything to me and I don't want to take the risk. Yeah, but what if you could bet five bucks and win ten bucks? One time I actually bet one dollar and I won a hundred and two dollars. That's a pretty big deal, bro. That's a and, that's a huge increase. Imagine if you had bet a thousand dollars. Yeah, well, the, sto- the, the story was that I was at Ocean City and everybody in my family group wanted to go to a horse race and I didn't really want to, but I also wanted to go because I've never been to one because I I have also feel funny about horse races. But what I decided to do was bet a dollar on the worst, literally the worst odds of a horse on the board. And I did. And then I went to take a piss. And the bathrooms in that place had speakers and they said horse number 15 one. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that's when you Pretty peed sick. all of your dungarees out of joy. That's how yep. they catch gamblers. That's how you you fell into a gambler trap and escaped unscathed. I didn't right? bet again. No, I didn't. Damn, dude, You're a strong I was, man. I was like, that's what I get for trusting in the what people thought was the worst horse that's a sign that's how people go homeless is they win that they win that bet that you made and then they do it again but with all of their money no way dude (laughs) that's the universe telling me you're not gonna win a lottery anymore that's what you got (laughs) that's what you get in this lifetime yeah but if you're an if you're an atheist you can believe that anything can happen you know anything can happen there is, is that what, there is no karmic, no karmic response. Anything will happen. Know, I've never met a Christian gambler. <laughs> is that the title of? I wish we could make that the title of the episode. <laughs> oh man, that's really funny. That's really all right, funny. guys. Thanks for listening to us. Um, we hope that this was an informative episode. If you liked what you heard, go and check out the other episodes or follow us at all the things that Ren's listed at the beginning of the episode. Oh, one more thing. Um, we don't have a link to our Discord yet, but if you want to join, you can message us and we will invite you. We'll probably do something about that. Uh, look for it on our website because by the time this is published, I will make sure for you because I, um, like the BMA wants to do, work for you, the public, to provide you with as much information as 15 minutes between Gage and I can produce. Do Do you think that we could? Um, do you think that we, got, we could we got all these... leverage this since he's starting our own museum? Oh, man, this, I would be a terrible music podcast. I think yeah, we could it start would be garbage. I, I think we could start a museum if it were really small. <laughs> we start a really small museum and we just tell artists to come in and pile work up in the corner and it'll be a museum of the corner art. Mocha. Just and the works are just stacked on top of each other so you can't really see what's in between. You can only see what's in the front, yeah, we're, kinda. We're trying to de you know de-institutionalize art handling you know challenge the perceptions of the value of artwork you know just pile it in the corner fuck it people can walk in and pick through the art with their hands and you know we're not gonna have security guards so steal what steal what you want and this is what we do we we call it the storage museum because it looks like a storage room of a museum and we we host it out of it out of a you know storage unit 
That's not a bad name for a museum if it were living in New York or something. The Storage Museum. It's probably yeah, already but everyone would hate us. <laughs> That's fine. That's what you want if you live in New York. Yeah, everyone would hate you. But because well, let's, be- let's yeah, let's think think about that in the future. We'll figure out the storage museum. You can come and take whatever. You- That's true accessible art for the people. You know, come yeah. in. Drop you drop your art on the floor. You you know leave a penny, take a penny, but it's with art, and you know whatever. Yeah, we don't need to pay for art handlers. Got really low overhead. We can get public funding from you know local arts councils. I mean, we know how to do that. I mean, fuck it. Yeah, give ourselves six figure salaries. Well, directors. You know what? We got all these great articles. We got all these these articles that got us to the point. For us to be able to talk in this smooth fashion. What you're used to hearing from the Art Bros Podcast. And we got all these articles on our Discord. I want I want that to be available to everybody. So you can see really where we get all of our information. Uh, you know, we like to joke around about everything. Uh, us researching for 15 minutes. But this week, I'm sorry to say, but we actually lied. We did a little bit more than 15 minutes of research on this topic. Um, if you're wondering why do these guys sound so intelligent right now that I'm coming clean at the very end of this episode so if you heard this um, that's your nugget to take home don't tell anybody paid artists unpaid interns you're listening to our pros podcast you're listening to the art pros podcast I am Renz B and I'm Gage B, and we are the smoothest podcast coming to you live. The only podcast where art is a competition. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And you know who I'm competing with? I'm competing with the algorithm. So please help. Please help Gage and I compete by visiting artbrospodcast.com. Please help us compete on Instagram by visiting paid.artists at Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, excuse me, and we also have a Patreon. If you want to drop us a couple couple pennies in uh, our little tip jar, you can visit us at Patreon.com/slash/ArtProsPodcast. All right, guys, we love you. Peace. Peace.